everyone, and welcome to Magical Streaming, a podcast where we watch Disney Plus and then we talk about it. My name's Amber. My name's Marie. And today we're talking about Coco. Uh, it is a week late, but last week was the election and things went wild. It was a stressful week for everybody, so... Yeah, we just couldn't focus on recording a podcast on election night, even though obviously results were not revealed on election night, but... But it was still a lot. Yeah. So, we're going to be talking about Coco this week instead. Um, Coco is based on the Mexican holiday that took place last Monday, November 2nd, Dia Dia de los, or just de muertos, depending on the source. Um, It is a holiday that honors people who have crossed over to death, I guess. I mean, it's very, um, it, it kind of has similar roots, uh, to summon, which is the holiday on which Halloween is based, which is told to be the day of the year where the veil between the living and the dead is the thinnest, and you can actually, um, receive visits from your ancestors uh so dia de los muertos is kind of that basis in mexican um heritage mexican culture culture yeah if you want to know more about it from people who are not two white girls Mm -hmm. then you can go to day of the dead dot holiday um and that is an official website that will tell you many many things about it so, about Coco, why don't you give us a synopsis? Yes, synopsis off of Disney+, Plus, which is always a big hit. In Disney, Pixar's extraordinary adventure, a boy who dreams of becoming, becoming a great musician embarks on a journey to uncover the mysteries behind his ancestors' stories and traditions. No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's not quite... It's not like he doesn't make that decision. This is not... This is not... uh... No, no, no. He's not setting out to discover mysteries. He wants to win a music competition. Yeah. There is no... He doesn't even know there's a mystery. There's no goal there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than... In fact, he's like, quote, I don't even care about being part of this family. Well, okay, that's a rough moment for him. But anyway, start us off with some history. All right. Coco uh, actually premiered first in Mexico before it uh, premiered. Weeks, I think. Yeah, so there was uh, the Mariel uh, Festival de la... Mm. This is going to be an episode where a lot of Spanish gets butchered. Yeah, I and like also I did, not, in I did not write this well. Uh, so it's a film festival, a big one in Mexico, uh, where it was first premiered October 20th, 2017. And then uh, it was released nationwide in Mexico October 26, 2017. So before Dia de, uh, de Muertos. Um, and then it was released to coincide with Thanksgiving in the U.S., so November 22nd. Um, it had a budget of $175 million, which in today's money is $185,823,270.23. And then it brought back a box office of $807.8 million dollars. Which is a very good return. I just realized I did not uh, do the, tw- the what that is today. Well, you know what? It, More, than that. <laughs> More than that. More than that. The idea was first pitched in 2010. And the original story was about an American child learning more about their Mexican heritage after their mom died. Um, they ended up scrapping this because they were like, you know what? Maybe everything doesn't have to be set in America. Maybe maybe we can, we can vary just, it up a little. Maybe we can just tell uh, a Mexican story set in a Mexican setting with 
Mexican people? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what it came down to. So, on um, April 13th, 2016, they began work on the animation, uh, or they gave the announcement about it. They also announced the all-Latino cast uh, with, you know, they just look at the cast list. <laughs> Every it's an all Latino uh, cast. Anthony Gonzalez, who played Miguel, was announced in 2016, but he started auditioning um, for the role two years before that. Before he finally even got the role. I remember watching some of the um, bonus features on the Blu-ray disc and. He did some work for, like, like I think he recorded some stuff that was supposed to be used mostly for, I don't remember what it was for, but he recorded some stuff before he was actually hired, and then at some point they were like, hey kid, you're actually gonna do this, and yeah, it was really sweet, he was so excited. Yeah, yeah, like he started auditioning at age nine, uh, but he didn't get the role till he was 11. The movie... Uh, at one point was called uh, Dia de los Muertos, which led to quite a bit of controversy when yeah, they tried to I trademark had, it. Yep, I had that information. Yeah, and that's why they changed it because people were like, I can't, you can't do also, that. Also, that's just a bad name. Like, what are you gonna, like, you're gonna make a Christmas movie and just call it Christmas? Yeah. A little bit of creativity. Yeah, but no, you, you cannot trademark a holiday name especially if it's not a holiday name that belongs to your own culture that's no yeah that was a misstep there um but then of course coco became named after mama coco there is also some controversy about that uh do you know about that controversy no i just know that it has a different name in brazil because the word like there there's two different pronunciations for the word coco in Brazil uh but one of them means poop so they renamed the viva and they renamed mama coco mama ines but uh no i don't know the controversy around the name so coco. it wasn't about the name itself but about mama coco mm. who was possibly based on a real person who did not get any credit for that. Um, many people have visited her, and people will call her like Mama Coco and stuff like that, which is quite disrespectful. Um, well, Coco is, from what I read, it's a pretty common name in right. Mexico. But her name is uh, Maria de la Salud, and uh, she does not appreciate people coming and like visiting and calling her so there's there's a, a large controversy about uh not giving proper credit um after basing a character on a real person so uh yeah i was just bringing that up because it is a real thing that is still ongoing um she doesn't really want to be paid for it she just wants to have like the recognition the recognition yeah that she's a real person um the movie did very, very well. There wasn't any real major hiccups in production that I could see that, you know, back in the old days, they would be like, hey, remember how we had, like, uh, it was three hours before the premiere and we still weren't done? No. Um, nothing there that really came up. The movie did extremely well. You can tell by the box office, but also it had... Um, a total of 91 nominations at different award shows and Dang. 68 wins, including um, the Oscar for the Best Animated Feature and the Best Original Song, Remember Me. It has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it got 13 noms at the Annie Awards. It won the National Board of Reviews Best Animated Film for 2017 and got the Golden Globe for Best Animated Feature. As far as uh, staying power in the parks, I know I'm umming a lot. 
No, I'm shaking my head because there's not enough. Oh, I'm staying so, power. I'm so sorry. Uh, there isn't a lot, though. There has been talk uh, that maybe the Mexico Grand Pavilion uh, Grand Fiesta Tour will be rethemed to be Coco. I mean, that would make sense because they've been putting a lot of intellectual property in Epcot, and that's well, te- well, okay, technically the Grand Fiesta Tour already has intellectual property in it it would just be a matter of updating it to a story that reaches more audiences because more people are familiar with Coco than they are with the Tres Amigos you got it right now all you can find at Walt Disney World is inside the Mexican pavilion Uh, they do have a display uh, that's nice to look at kind of informative It's It's, it's good looking uh, Disneyland has a seasonal Plaza de la Familia at California Adventure. It looks really nice. It, it does look so really cute. cute. It does look really it nice. They have a show. Um, they have music. It's very nice. Obviously, it did not happen this year. Yeah. Well, nothing's happening in Disneyland right now. They are still closed. Yes. Usually, it starts in September and uh, runs into November. early November. And then in Disneyland Paris... The uh, Fuente del Oreo restaurant is a a Tex-Mex restaurant in Frontierland. And all around the outside of it is themed to Coco. Yeah, I remember. We have a picture. Yeah, it's super cute. They have... The little flags. The flags. They have a mural up. Um, they have a Dante, like, little statue thing uh, in his Alabrija form. Alabrije. But he's a singular. Alabrijes. Alabrija. I, I don't... I don't know. I don't know about singular versus plural in Spanish. Sorry. Okay, moving on. Point is, it's very nice, it's very cute, uh, but obviously, like with Epcot, these are, these are not, like, attractions, these are not, like, it's mostly just to see it. Yeah. So, there's not, uh, I hope they do more with it, I hope, I understand why they get, um, why they get a festival in California, because there is... a a very large Hispanic population that has closer ties to Mexico than the Hispanic population in Florida typically does. However, I don't think that's an excuse. I think we should also... I know there's supposed to be special things in each park, and we talk about it a lot, not wanting it to be, but I think... I think the thing is they would want to put it in Epcot, and Epcot really does not have the setting to where you can actually like block off that much space that's true block traffic the only other place Mm -hmm. where they could realistically do it is hollywood studios that might like fit because everything fits in hollywood studios i can't imagine where they would put it though i mean they used to have a whole parade in hollywood studios i mean yeah but i but this would be a stationary like they set up a plaza okay like where are you going to put a plaza yeah, that just it. <laughs> so yeah, but it is disappointing, and I hope yeah. other parks uh, will get some actual cocoa representation somewhere because it's a good movie, and I think it's important to have attractions that are recognizable and exciting for an audience that it's broad audience or not a brown just okay here's my here's more more like like their star wars attractions those are mass market attractions i think it's important to also have coco did phenomenal at the box office it was a hit it is clearly all those award nominations those wins it is a fantastic film and just because it's based around a Mexican holiday does not mean that it doesn't deserve an attraction of its own, even outside of the Mexico Pavilion. Even, you know, yeah. a good e-ticket attraction 
based on Coco. I would like to see it. <laughs> Definitely. So that's where I've got uh, staying power, as I said. Imagine, like, I know, oh, this would this would be a lot of people would not like me for saying this. But Do not Haunted Mansion, I mm-hmm. swear to God, thank no. you. <laughs> Rock and roller coaster. But you're going through the land of the dead. Ooh. Wouldn't that, like, just, you're in the dark, but it has, like, all these bright colors everywhere and, like, all... That would it would be so good. I I agree. I think it would be so good. And then you could play the music and yeah. like you could have Poco Loco and like Yeah. I I like that and the the black light situation. Yeah. That's a good idea. I, I know, approve. Right? I approve of this um I mean if there's one attraction you've got to retheme currently as it stands at Walt Disney World, I think Rock and Roller Coaster would be the best one. I'm trying to think of all other attractions. Uh, just a retheme, not actually changing anything. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there are some attractions that could just be torn down. and Like the flying carpets of Aladdin? Why? Yeah, but then it wouldn't really fit. The The big thing with the Magic Kingdom lands is that they do try to really push so that I... everything fits within the theme of the land. I understand. However, I'm just saying, if we're talking about rides that can just go. You're saying Magic Carpets of Aladdin when there's the Swiss family tree house right next to it. At least the carpets is like, it's a nice little easygoing attraction for families with young children. I don't think we need children. to get rid of walkthroughs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to move on to trivia. Please do. Please tell me some things. So... Now, I don't know when this fact was written, so I don't know if this still stands with a few more that have come out since. Uh, But at at the very least, at the time that this movie came out, it had spent more days number one at the box office than any other animated film in the 21st century. Nice! Yeah. Um, Apparently, the film contains certain themes and content which would normally be banned in China... Not sure what, maybe because there's... The afterlife? Yeah, probably. Uh, reportedly, however, the Chinese censor board members were so touched by the film that they made an exception and allowed it. <laughs> you know, I... I really like that fact. Yeah. I like the fact that they were like... This is so good. We'll give it a you pass. To see it. <laughs> we'll give it a pass. I wonder if it's like... Because... I mean, many cultures that way, but Chinese culture is extremely respectful of its elders. I, I so wonder... So I feel like the the show of, like, how much you have to continue showing love and respect yeah. to your Maybe. ancestors after they've passed, that could be something that, you know, they touch base, they felt they connected. Perhaps. We'll never know, because I don't think the Chinese... I don't think they'll tell us. Let's reach out to the Chinese, mm-hmm. Chinese censor board. board. Yeah. Hello, it's me, a it's gay. Me, the gay that you keep banning. Um, now, even though... This is actually kind of similar to Sleeping Beauty, because even though the movie is named after Mama Coco, the character is only on screen for less than a quarter of the film. Oh, yeah. Like, and that's similar to Sleeping Beauty, where the movie is named Sleeping Beauty, but she's actually not that much in it. She sleeps through most of it. Um... The now you did mention that the film started production in 2010 and it came out in 2017, so that's a pretty long time for a movie to be in production, and that does mean that at the beginning they had a different actor named Mark. Uh, no, I don't, sorry, I don't have the actor's name. Uh, they had a different young actor who was voicing Miguel, who at that point was named Marco. The character used to be named Marco. Yeah. Uh, eventually, however, that kid hit puberty. Of course. So he had to be replaced, and that's when they cast Anthony Anthony Gonzalez. Um, but the original voice actor does have a cameo in the film, kind of like the child who voiced Nemo in yeah. the Finding Nemo also had a cameo cameo in cameo, Jesus cameo. Yeah, that uh, in Finding Dory. 
uh, and it's towards the end of the film. There's a stagehand who does have a slightly higher pitched voice because he's not fully through puberty, I assume, uh, and tells Ernesto to go through the, sta- the door to the stage. That is the original voice actor of Miguel. That's um, nice. <laughs> Lee Uncrish and Adrian Molina, who are directors, I yes. believe, of the movie. Uh, said that the most difficult element to animate was Abuelita's neck. And in order to have a reference for the neck, Molina asked his mother-in-law, who lives in Mexico City, to travel to the Pixar Studios, where he and Uncrich tried to make her angry to see how her neck moved. However, this was difficult because Melina's mother-in-law is, according to him, a woman who is hard to get angry. Uh, but after some hours, they successfully made her <laughs> mad. So they got their reference. That's so rude. Imagine, you're like, hey, mother-in-law, how you doing? Want to take a little trip to California? Come visit the studio? And then she's there visiting, and they are spending this entire time just trying to piss her off. I would be, first of all, that's your mother-in-law, Okay. You don't want to get on her bad side. Second of all, it's just rude to spend hours trying to make someone mad. Uh, just, yeah. just watch some videos. I'm sure somewhere you can find a TV or movie scene where someone uh, who looks like Abuelita gets angry. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's possible. I did know. Um, are you going to talk about the skeletons? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think so. So they had to make a whole new program to animate the skeletons because their old program is worth on like muscles, limbs, yeah. like tendons. But these are just bones, and it's very hard to actually. Uh, well, because usually, like, the skeleton of a character is what is animated, but it's not fleshed out, so. Right. Yeah, I can see how that would be tricky. So, yeah, it was very tricky with them for the the skeletons, and they had to really create a new program just to... Pixar are just out there creating new program for every single movie they make. You know what? If I had that in innovation in my life where I came across a problem and I was just like, I'll just create something new to fix it, I could go so far, but I don't. <laughs> I come across uh... a problem and I'm like interesting let me google it see if somebody else has an answer if they don't well (laughs) so uh the crew uh including the directors did as they have been doing for many of the more recent movies uh some research trips to mexico to kind of immerse themselves into the culture meet the people um they went primarily to mexico city and huacan Huacan. Right. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, I, I actually listened to a clip. We yeah. both listened to a clip of the pronunciation of the city. And I actually, like, tried to write it out. And I just can't get it right. Um, but anyway, when they were there, uh, they were staying with a family in Mexico for inspiration. Uh, and this was actually around the time of Dia de Muertos um, and so they had traditional ofrendas that were set up that held pictures of the dead and also had offerings uh, and that's where he noticed that the family basset hound had to be repeatedly chased away from the ofrenda <laughs> because it tried to ke- eat the food and that's where he found it so amusing that he decided to include a scene in the movie where Miguel is trying to get Dante away from the ofrenda, uh, because Dante tries to eat the food on the ofrenda. Yeah, that's true. Um, now, speaking of Dante, he is a solo dog, which is a national Mexican breed that is known for its lack of hair and its rough skin. And also due to a genetic trait, solo dogs are usually regularly will lose their teeth, which as a result makes their tongue just kind of slip out of their mouths and just flap around so 
uh, that's it's not just a funny little thing for animation purposes that's actually what these dogs tend to do and they decided to incorporate this in Dante's design and to have as much fun with it as they could of course and actually Dante's tongue was animated uh, like it had a specific way that they animated just specifically his tongue and it was the same technology that they used for Hank the Septopus in Finding Dory and the tattoo character in the Pixar short Lou, which is a sweater. Yeah. 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 Um, now, actually, in Mexican tradition, the ofrenda is the altar that pays tribute to the dead, um, and it aids the in the movie it aids the deceased to be remembered. There is, however, an existing ofrenda tradition that remembers and pays tribute to the dead who have been forgotten. Oh! And that tradition, of course, was left out of the film because it would have derailed the <laughs> entire plot. It's like, that but, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but I did, I, when I saw that, I was like, okay, this makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this was the first Pixar film to show on screen the death of major characters both with Ernesto getting crushed by the bell at the beginning and with Hector being poisoned uh usually in Pixar films deaths are like they're either off screen out of view or they're not in the scene at all right so yeah this was the first one where straight up you see the character die um I mean so I'm gonna say De La Cruz getting crushed by the bell. You don't really see, you just see the bell, like... Yeah, no, it's it's not like you're seeing a gory death. It's just to say, like, you're actually seeing the moment where, they, yeah, he died. This is, the, he died. <laughs> you know under that bell, he ain't alive. Yeah. Now, John Ratzenberger, did you know he has a cameo yes, in this movie? I did know this. Um... But it's super small because yep. he has to be in all the movies, but... Yes, because he is Pixar's good luck charm. So they always be hiring him. In this particular movie, he plays a skeleton called Juan Ortodoncia. Uh, he is the skeleton who is allowed to cross over the land of the living because his, his dentist, dentist has, has a photo picture. of him on his friend. Yep. Uh, <laughs> In a way, that's kind of sad. That's very sad. That the only reason you get to cross over is because of your dentist. Are you just going to visit your dentist? Is that all you're doing? Yeah, and like... That's sad. That's, that's, that you're definitely, well, maybe, your story is definitely not getting passed on after that. Maybe this is the one, the first picture that the, the system recognizes. Maybe he had a separate relationship with the dentist. Maybe his dentist was also his husband. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Peppering. Let's pepper in a little I will, bit of gay. I will pepper in the fact that, that I, I am gay. gay. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. We don't maybe know. Maybe he's, he's gay and that's why. Maybe. Uh, little little uh, Easter egg. When Miguel is running to the plaza to shine shoes, he passes some piñatas for sale. Some of those piñatas include Woody and Buzz, as well as Mike from Monsters, Inc. I always see the Mike one, but uh, I don't think I've noticed the Woody and Buzz one. Well, when we watch it again, we can try to see if we notice it. Um, oh, are you going to mention the Incredibles 2 poster? Oh, the, yeah, there is a... Well, it's not written here, but I did see there's an Incredibles 2 poster in the... Uh, Ernesto Plaza, yes. where the fest- the competition is being held when yeah. Miguel runs off to kind of go steal the guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, if you watch the video of Ernesto that Miguel is watching at the beginning of the movie, the camera zooms in on his hands when he's playing notes, and that kind of goes to imply that it's a stunt double. Mm. There are only white shots of Ernesto when he's just strumming his guitar. So that hints that he's not actually as talented as Miguel thinks he is. Honestly, the amount of foreshadowing in this movie (laughs) is intense. Like, there is so much foreshadowing for everything concerning 
Ernesto's lack of relationship to Miguel versus Hector. Um, just like from the beginning. And also the bad influence that Ernesto has over Miguel because when Miguel sees the phrase, seize your moment, it inspires him to steal food out of an ofrenda to distract Dante, to break into a mausoleum, and to steal a guitar. <laughs> and that kind of mirrors the crimes that Ernesto did I to mean, seize his moment. No, it's not. It's I'm not, not saying it's the murder. same level. It's not the same level, but it kind of says like his whole motto is not actually inspiring in a good way in the way that he used it okay that's kind of mirrored in the in the way that miguel sees the motto and takes it to kind of go off the rails a little all right all right i'm not comparing his actions to murder uh i'll i'll allow it (laughs) um miguel was actually originally only going to play guitar he wasn't going to sing uh, however, when the director discovered that Anthony Gonzalez could sing, they decided that Miguel would do both so that Anthony could share his talent with the world. That's in the nice. Um, the Land of the Dead itself is shown to use a lot of antiquated technology like an 80s Macintosh computer, walkie-talkie radios, and that kind of just goes to say like, that technology is obsolete now, so of course it belongs in the land of the dead. We are gonna touch on not, not just not specifically the technology, the, the the kind of thing that ties on with the technology. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When in a hot takes. Yeah, uh, in a short moment, but yeah. Uh, also, the look of the land of the dead is inspired by an actual Mexican city. Uh, which is called Guanajuato, Guanajuato, yeah. uh, which has colorful houses placed on the hillsides in a way that they do look almost stacked. And the town of Santa Cecilia is named after the Catholic patron saint of musicians. Uh, and finally, the you know Pixar always does. I feel a lot of things where they will pick something in a movie and make sure that they're doing it exactly right. Like, you know, in Brave, when Merida, yeah, you know, with the bow and arrow, it's the perfect technique for it, etc. In this one, it's the guitar that they just really spent, like, you know, they they didn't just want to show people playing guitars. When someone is playing guitar in a movie, uh, in the movie, the animated character's fingers will actually match the fingering of the actual chords. So, like, they just really made sure that all of that fit together perfectly. Right. It's accurate. So it's just, like, the amount of time spent. Making sure it's accurate. Yeah. And uh, that, that's it for my trivia. All right. Let's get to hot takes. Yes, so first and biggest hot take that we agree on is why do some people in the land of the dead have to keep working? Yeah. What's up with that? If this place runs on memories, then you don't need money. So why, I mean, I guess there's the idea that like having a job can bring you fulfillment, but... Who really wants to be a TSA agent? For the rest of their, like, <laughs> no, that's some, And, like, who decides what dead person has to keep working? And, like, they have shifts because they also want to go and visit. And, I mean, just the fact, honestly, that there's a uh, border patrol to decide who gets to go and who doesn't is a little messed up. But I, it all there's also kind of the implication, not directly, and maybe this isn't accurate at all, but that the Rivera family is still shoemakers in the like afterlife because they still all wear their aprons that they would wear in the I workshop. Think that's just and also at the end ghost. of the movie, Hector has shoes that he did not have prior to being like welcomed back into the Rivera family so 
maybe they made him shoes, but my other question is, where did they get the materials? My other question is, maybe well, they just, the same like... place as the lady who makes the costume for Frida's number, who also is a lady that has to work, by the way. Yeah, why do they have... Jo- why does capitalism exist in the afterlife? I don't want it. I don't... Like, aren't you supposed to be just chilling with your family? Yeah, and, like, the presenter at the competition to decide who gets to go play at Ernesto's party. Like, maybe that's, that's just fun. Yeah. Maybe you volunteer for that. Yeah, but I don't think you volunteer to be a TSA agent or a security guard like Ernesto's security. Yeah, I don't I don't understand why yeah. capitalism is in the But the thing is like it's not it's not full blown <laughs> capitalism because obviously they don't have to buy food and stuff. Like they don't need Right, sustenance. so why do some people need to work? I don't know. Maybe maybe they just decided, you know, this is maybe the people who need to work are like I mean, I don't know in uh Mexican culture and mythology and or like beliefs in terms of the land of the dead like the the divide between going to heaven or hell like I guess everybody I ends up in the same place because right, Ernesto not... straight up committed murder right but like and no you can't even say that the people that were a little less palatable in life are the ones that are kind of punished uh, to have to keep working forever because Ernesto obviously committed a pretty... He's not a good guy. I I just don't understand. And he gets to just be a celebrity in the afterlife. Why people have to work. I don't don't care for that. I get that they were trying to, like, mirror society, but it's a little like when there's a car pope in Cars (laughs) 2 and the implications (laughs) that there was a car Jesus. That was crucified by the other car. Like... When you think about it too much, it starts to go off the rails. And I feel like having people have jobs in the land of the dead, it it, it goes off the rails. Yeah. Now, this movie is one of the biggest examples of why communication is important. Because that's that, that's all it is. Like, from the get-go, Miguel thinking Ernesto is his great-great-grandfather. I mean, let's be fair. He told his family he thinks this, but they don't know because well, yeah, Mama nobody, emailed them. That's communication. She was like, I'm not going to tell anyone who my husband was. He's just gone. He is dead to us. And so that's the start of this communication issue. And then also, once he gets to the land of the dead and he straight up mentions his great great grandfather like there are so many opportunities opportunities (laughs) for this to get cleared up and it just doesn't and there are so many like but if it had then they couldn't tell us there wouldn't be a movie yeah that too for being evil yeah but uh also, another thing, quick quick aside. So at the De La Cruz, Sunset Spectacular, the guy goes and he gets corn, which, great, I love, I love street corn. They are skeletons. <laughs> they don't have tongues. How do they speak? Okay, first of all, how do they speak with no tongues? Second well, no of all... No tongue, like, no diaphragm, no lungs, no... They, they don't have anything that would make them talk. Exactly. But now they're also eating? I... They can't well, taste it. It's not just the corn. It's literally when they go to the land of the living during Dia de los Muertos. Oh, yeah, they take churros. offerings. Right. Well, there's churros. There's a bunch of different foods. Right, but they don't have any tongues. Nope. So they cannot taste. I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, is it worse than, understand. like, for example, Casper when the ghosts are eating and it's just kind of passing through them? It's implied that they can taste it. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I guess they have tongues. <laughs> exactly. But but they have no tongue. So what's the point? I mean, they of... also have no anything that would make their eyeballs stay. Their eyeballs are literally just floating in their skull. Like, <laughs> that's, there's, that's not there's, there's, there's a lot of things. Also, one thing that I did see is uh, 
you know, we always kind of stick on the line of um, uh, Chicharron being like, where's my femur, Hector? (laughs) And it's like, what did he do with his femur? Why do we think Hector limps? Is it maybe because he has a femur that does not quite fit his leg? No, it's because one of his legs is duct taped. Yeah, with a femur that's shorter than his original femur was because Chicharron is shorter than him. Is and this just what, a fan theory? Or it's you, probably just... I, do I do think it's just image? a fan theory. Do you have image? But, I think no, it's I don't have image proof, but I'm just saying it tape. makes sense. Yeah, he's duct taped because I his mean, femur doesn't fit his legs. I don't know. It's duct taped because it. the boat is... I, I don't like the idea. I like it. <laughs> I don't like it. He just straight up stole a femur and be like, I don't have a femur anymore. I need to get one. Need to get me one of these. I don't like the idea that Hector stole... Chicharron's I mean, humor why and still else? using it. Counterpoint. Because Chicharron disappears, shouldn't his femur disappear with him? Okay, I guess that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I am not accepting any more questions about this. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no, there's just so many things that could be solved and that's actually it's one of the things that I do really like about the movie though it's like after once you get the big reveal you just go back and see all the things that points you toward Hector being Miguel's great great grandfather from like from Dante Mm -hmm. just being straight up like always chill when they're together and the moment they separate he gets like freaked out uh also uh the most obvious is when um Ernesto holds the pedal and starts giving his blessing and the pedal doesn't light up in the same way like when Mama Imelda yeah holds the pedal the moment she says Miguel the pedal lights the up. other thing is the photo yeah, the build type is not right. Yeah, he's skinnier. The belt buckle isn't the same. It's not the same belt buckle. I noticed that last time we watched. Also, the moment you see the flashback of um, Hector dying and Ernesto like taking his guitar case and his books, then that implies that he took the guitar. And so that goes to say that the guitar that Ernesto used was Hector's, so the photo showing a guitar is Hector's guitar, not Ernesto's. I mean, yeah, that's there's, pretty late in the... Yeah, but no, there's just so much, and I, I love it. Like, it's just all those little tidbits that kind Make of... Make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, do you have any more hot takes? No, those are all it? my hot takes. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, so villain ranking. Okay. Let's list the villainous things that Ernesto has done. One. Murder. Murdered his best friend. By far the worst thing that he's mm-hmm. done. Number two. Stolen his best friend's, his dead best friend's intellectual property. <laughs> and passed it as his own. Well, that's what stolen you- means. <laughs> well, no, you can if steal you something steal just to use it for if your you own steal game. someone's... Like- uh, intellectual property. There's no. You've got no. Be- but he's using it for monetary gain. He's not just using it to use it. Like, Nobody steals intellectual property just to use it for themselves. Well, okay. <laughs> if you gotta be specific about intellectual property, fine. I was just talking uh, yeah, about like, stealing his belongings. Yeah, but also his intellectual property, which is yeah. it's more devilish because then everybody contributes these beautiful words and songs to him. I'm, I'm going to say that uh, killing, murdering his best friend is not quite as bad as trying to kill a straight up child, but I mean it's it's pretty even it's murder. It's murder. Either you're, you're saying like But Miguel was already like No, no, no. No, 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 no. He would no, no, still no, no. have been a living child no, no, hitting no. the ground from a very very fall tall fall uh i'm pretty sure he still would have died like he would... i'm i'm telling you this 
Miguel was already fading, okay? So he was, like, half dead already. That doesn't make it better. Also, one of the reasons that he's not there... He killed Hector when he had a young child at home, knowing he had a young child at home. And why? Because he wanted to be rich and famous. He's killing Miguel because he's getting in his way in a, like, much more real... Well, because he wants to stay rich and famous. Yes, but I'm gonna say his acting in sector is more villainous. (laughs) Continuing on. Um, Taking Remember Me, a lullaby for a child and turning it in to a romantic song about the mystery lover... Evil. That's evil right there. That's also you it's, stole it and then you change the meaning. It's a very Sharpay move. It is he is the Sharpay of um Coco. of everything. Yeah. Also, making it using his best friend's murder as a plot point in one of his own movies. movies. I know. That's so, <laughs> so messed up. evil. Oh, you know what? Uh, just quickly touching base on another hot take that I forgot. The people making fun of Hector for dying on, like, he didn't, he didn't choke to death, but even if he had choked to death, why would you make fun of someone for the way they died? How messed up is that? Also, choking is horrifying. It is. Have you ever choked? No. I have. Yeah. It's horrifying. Yeah. So, okay, that was that was my brief tidbit there of a... Uh... All this to say, 9 out of 10. Yeah, I would agree with that. He's pretty bad. He's pretty damn bad. Like... He deserves it when he gets crushed by a bell a second Also, time. but okay, here is too, like, his villainy only just gets worse. Because yeah, it starts off with murder, <laughs> which is pretty, pretty high ground. And then it goes on to, like... You know, he's murdering Hector a second time, basically. Yeah. By making sure he does not get remembered. And at the same time, trying to murder a child who does not belong in this land yet. He has not died in the living world. So, like, there's a very big injustice to the idea of him dying in the land of the dead without having, like... But anyway. So... Yeah, nine out of ten. He's pretty. Actually, you know what? No, I'm pushing it to ten out of ten. Just, just for that, the fact that he's straight up trying to murder Hector a second time, like he's not only he wants to completely erase him. Like that's all right. Good. Fine, nine point five. <laughs> all right, rewatchability. I could watch Coco twice a week. Honestly, I could watch it pretty much every day if it wasn't for the fact that it makes me cry every time that I watch it. Um, so prob- I would probably say every other day just to have like a day of rest in between. That's fair. I just love that movie so much. Like It's so good. I think it's my second movie that I'm just, I'm going straight into final ranking, 10 out of 10. I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10. <laughs> It's so good. It's so amazing. The ima- like it's the animation. It is a yeah, beautiful. It's beautiful. It's the story touching. is touch like it just it has every the music is amazing. Yes. It makes me cry. And you know what? It makes me cry, uh like obviously the moment when he sing he, Miguel sings Remember Me to Mama Coco to try and bring back the memory is a very touching and tear wrenching moment. But to me, the moment that also always, always gets tears out of me is the very, very end when he's singing his song and just everybody is there together. It's such a weirdo. It's not, it's it's good tears. The moment that gets the tears for me, when he sings a song and she remembers, but also when she looks at her daughter and knows her who daughter. she is. Yeah. That is when my heart just because well, Mama Coco has Alzheimer's or dementia. Like that's strongly yeah, and implied. That's, that's a very scary disease. But the worst part about that disease is forgetting the people that you love and having this moment where 
she recognizes her daughter for who she is and clearly addresses her that right there is the like that tears my heart that it's just like she has this moment well that she probably hasn't had in a long time and it's not just that moment too like it also goes on to her talking about all those memories yeah that have been repressed for so long because she wasn't allowed to talk about them and like you know what the worst part is in that sense too is like she wasn't allowed to talk and to remember her dad because her mom forbid it like forbid his presence in their house but that goes on through her own daughter she like her memories keep being repressed by her own child because her daughter internalize Mama Imelda's like because I don't think rhetoric yeah yeah Ma, I don't think Mama Coco would have necessarily like kept going through with that if it hadn't been for Elena just because you can obviously she kept the what he wrote she kept his picture so she wasn't specifically on board with there is do you know her backstory yeah th- that she used to, to go out dancer. and dance with her husband and just yeah no i love it uh no it's honestly such a good movie and we're t- I, i'm i'm putting it on after we finish recording this i'm putting it on and i'm watching it again because it's just it's so good it, it is so good so what are we doing uh i have no idea this was the last movie we had scheduled when we started rescheduling our stuff again and we have not discussed about what's going on in past we're gonna do something live action next week i've decided sounds good i don't know what it is yet but stay tuned to find out you'll find out when you find out everyone (laughs) gonna be a surprise if you want to contact us, we are on the interwebs. Um, Social media across the board. Stream the magic at Twitter, uh, Magical Streaming Pod at Instagram, uh, Magical Streaming on Facebook, and we have an email. Magical, magical streaming, streaming at yahoo.com. Yes. So, yeah, you can always reach us. You can always email us. You can give us opinions, give us, uh, ask us questions if you Tell have us any suggestions. What, what makes you cry about Coco. Tell us where you stand on the logic of them eating in Coco and their eyeballs. And why do they have job opportunities after death? Yeah, somebody explain this to me, please. So yeah, that's it for this week. And until next time, enjoy your magical streaming. Bye-bye!